Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the last episode of the year of being and making disciples. And you know, this time of year is is always such a reflective time. I think we can look back and see God's goodness. And um, I'd like to do that in this episode and be a little vulnerable, share a little bit about how God has worked in my life and lessons learned. Um, much like Dan's episode a couple a couple weeks ago, he talked about taking ownership of the mission of the church and how he learned that through his vocation journey, and I'd like to share a little bit about my journey with God and what he did in my life. But the theme I'd like to highlight is the importance of being yourself as you try to follow him. I think sometimes as Christians, we try to emulate others, and some of that's very good, like Dan talked about. We do need role models, those that have gone before us, um, those that mentor us, we need them, but we also need to find a balance between trying to emulate them and realizing we are unique and we have to be who God wants us to be. Um, the only one we all really should always try to emulate, of course, is Christ our Lord, right? And um, and his mother um, and her virtues. But uh, beyond that, if we try to just be a pure uh, carbon copy of someone else. We're going to lose something, and God's going to not be able to do everything he wants to do through us if we don't just be who we are and lean into our gifts and talents. So I'd like to share about my journey a bit, and that lesson I've learned time and time again to just um, be yourself. So I'd like to start with um, the initial call back to Christ. You know, Dan, as he mentioned, he, he never left the faith. He grew up following um, our Lord and stuck with our Lord, but maybe um, you can relate to my story, some of our listeners. I did not do that. I took a break from God when I got to college at the University of Florida. Um, I said, hey, no one's telling me to go to Mass anymore. I can do what I want. You know, and at that time, it was the number one party school in the nation. It got that ranking uh, one year. Um, So... Uh, maybe good news to some, but bad news for me. I got very distracted and, um, you know, was living a, a pretty wayward way, just going out and living the typical college scene. But I found myself very, very empty, very, very empty inside. Um, but I had a, an experience uh, right before my senior year where a good friend of mine passed away. And it was a wake-up call for me because I thought... You know, I was, I was thought, what's the point of life? I, I, I hit a, I hit kind of just uh, a dark phase where I just was kind of going through the motions of life, and I, I really was um, not excited about anything. And then when that happened, and it was a good friend that that was a, a Christian. It made me think, why would why would this happen? You know, what's the point of anything? So I go to the funeral. And I just break down in tears, totally broken at at, uh, this point in my life. But I look back and I see my cousin's friend with a look on his face like he knew something I didn't know. And then we struck up a conversation later in the day. And he asked me if, if I was trying to fill my heart with things other than God, that God was the only one who could fill that heart, that hole in my heart. And that led me to have a conversation at his suggestion, right? And this was this, this was this person really being who God meant them to be. He told me later that earlier that day, 
he had asked God to send him just one person he could talk to about him. And, and that ended up being me. And he took that opportunity and he, he told me, you know, that I need to ask God in my life. I'm so grateful to him for that. He changed my life that day and my eternity that day by just simply saying yes to God's invitation to talk to me and being open to that. So anyway, on the drive home from that funeral, I talked to God for the first time in years. I mean, I had talked to God sort of, but not wanting to hear what he had to say, right? I had talked to God upset about why my life wasn't going the way I wanted, but I wasn't ready to listen. But I was finally ready to listen on this drive. And I said, God, I need you. Show me, reveal yourself to me, help me follow you. And uh, next thing you know, I'm going to Mass. And, um, you know, I was I was going to Mass again. I'd bought a Bible, but, but I was nervous because I was going back that fall to live in a frat house. Yet I wanted to live my life differently. I didn't know what to do. And, you know, I just thought of the only thing I could think of doing at that time. I mean, I didn't have any knowledge of what does campus ministry look like? How do I find a church community? I didn't know any of that. All I knew is I had two people that came to mind, right? And this is how God works, right? And just natural, just where he meets us right where we are and helps us be who we're meant to be, right? He gives us just those little breadcrumbs, that little next step. So I, I knew that I could call this guy Drew. And Drew was someone who was back to that theme of just be yourself. You know, back in high school, what I had remembered about Drew is he never was afraid to be who he was as a Christian. You know, he was known as the religious guy, and that didn't bother him. I remember him leading pep rally cheers to the Holy Spirit in front of our whole student body. And at the time, I was like, oh, man, what, what is this guy doing? You know? And, and, I, and I remember him sitting at our lunch table in the cafeteria in high school wearing a cross and just having different conversations with us, you know, giving us different perspectives on things we were talking about. He wasn't afraid of being different. And thank God he was not afraid of being different because I knew at that time I should call Drew. I bet Drew could help me when I get back. Because he was going to University of Florida like I was. I knew I could call Drew. I told Drew what was going on. And uh, he said, yeah, man, of course. And he, he got me going to Mass every Sunday and, and in a Bible, a little scripture study with a few other guys. And he was the first, he was the person that helped me go to confession, you know, and go to a daily Mass. Um, he, I remember him inviting me to go to daily Mass with another friend. I think it was, I forget exactly when, but all I remember is it was my first time going and, and it also led to me going to confession. Thank God Drew was just himself. Uh, so that he could be available to me. So I knew I could trust him. And I called another friend who all I knew about him was he was in my fraternity. All I knew was that he was a Christian. I don't know how I knew, but I just knew. He he had just been himself, right, around the fraternity. And um, I knew I could call Ben. And I, I told Ben what was going on. Or I think I might have emailed him. And then I replied, yes, of course, of course. I'm here to help you. Little did I know he was president of a great campus ministry. I was the Navigator's campus ministry. He started meeting with me weekly, discipling me, uh, teaching me how to pray, how to follow God. Um, so really, um, those two guys were anchors for me, you know, and like Dan talked about as he shared his story is, you know, we, we, we look all these places sometimes of these foreign mission fields and these things we can, we want to go and do with our lives. But you know, these two guys were just living their faith. You know, one was uh, ended up becoming a dentist. The other 
was studying business construction, end up going into full-time ministry after college, but they were just living their faith in the day-to-day, being themselves, being real, being relatable, and I knew I could call them. So I'm so grateful to them. Just be yourself. So I saw that in them. Then uh, later on in my journey, you know, um, I wanted to go deeper and deeper, right? And I I uh, went through a time of discerning, am I going to be... Is, is Am I going to be Catholic or not? Is the truth and the Catholic faith? And um, just continue that path of trying to be honest with myself and seeking answers. The Lord led me on a Catholic mission trip. Um, thankfully, another friend, a priest, um, his name is Father Miguel, was certainly authentic in his priesthood and um, his friendship with me. And, you know, he invited me... Um, to his office one time, uh, just to catch up and hear how I was doing. And this was when I was in that seeking phase. And, and thankfully, he was very honest with me and asked me about where I'm going to church. And I told him I wasn't necessarily going to Mass. And I was, you know, flirting with different denominations. And he uh, had the uh, the audacity, the boldness, in a very gentle, humble way that it to encourage me. I remember him just saying, don't neglect the Eucharist. You know, I don't know if that's exactly what he said, but that's what I took away. I remember him looking me in the eyes and talking about the Eucharist. And that that's what led me to spend more time in front of the Blessed Sacrament, try to seek out the church's teaching. Uh, and um, as I kept having answers, and he and I kept in, in communication, he invited me on this mission trip where I got all the answers I needed. You know, I ended up uh, having a roommate that was a high school theology teacher answered every question I could possibly ask about the faith. And I was sold, right? I, I knew the Catholic Church. I said, this is where I believe the fullness of the faith is. I want to be here. I want to be here. And I got to tell a really great story because it's just too funny. But um, right after I made this choice, right, I really, after the trip, I was in it. And, you know, I remember Father Miguel and I were on the first flight uh, back from Nicaragua to Miami. And we landed in the airport and my phone was dying. I needed to go charge my phone. So uh, I walked over to a, where I could find a charging port. And I found a free outlet in this other gate. And I said, I ended up sitting next to these two uh, young people. And um, say they were in their 20s. And um, I was in my 20s at this this time as well, but anyway, uh, the guy compliments my shirt. He said, I like your shirt. You know, I was wearing this shirt that had a cross um, on it. Uh, it was actually a metal crucifix, and uh, I said, thanks, and uh, we started talking about how we both were coming back from mission trips, and then he shares me, yeah, you know, we were just in the Dominican Republic, but, you know, they're... they're uh, all these people came to know the Lord, but, you know, they're used to a far and distant God because they, uh, they it's a very Catholic country, you know. So so anyway, what, what were you doing? I was like, oh, I was on a Catholic mission trip. <laughs> it's like right away, God was challenging me to be honest in, in my journey. It's like right away, you know, here's this uh, person uh, challenging me. So anyway, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was on a Catholic mission trip. We were down in an orphanage. Uh, and then um, he says, oh, 
hey, what's up with what's up with you guys and Mary? You know, he started asking me all these questions. I didn't feel ready to answer at that time. But I was just honest back with him, and I said, hey, you know, um, listen, from, from what I know at this point, my, you know, it, there's still a lot I need to learn, but basically in the epistle, uh, St. James says the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective, right? Well, we believe the saints are with God in heaven and that they can hear our prayers and intercede for us, and their prayers are powerful and effective. Mary is a saint. And I said, but, you know, um, if you have any further questions, there's a priest over at uh, this gate if you'd like to go speak with him. He didn't take me up on my on my offer, but uh, I think it was a lesson for me. Just just keep being myself as well, right? As, as we're on our journeys, we need to be honest where we are. Then God can reveal truth to others through us. So I'm fast-forwarding a little bit. You know, I... I was uh, hungry to serve the Lord more. I ended up uh, serving as a youth minister uh, for Father Miguel years later. Uh, not that many years later. I think it was just one year later. Um, and really, like Dan, the vocation journey was a huge time of me learning a lot about God and his plan for me. So I was a single youth minister, about 23, 24 years old. What do you think everybody in the parish basically thought I should do with my life? Priest, 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 priest. You know, so many people told me that. And I read books about the priesthood. I thought, this must be it. You know, like Dan shared in his journey. I said, this must be it. I must be called to this. And I just need to suck it up and figure it out and make it happen and do this. Right? And even looking back, I think, wow, that was all about me. Right? Thinking, this is what I got to do. It was all about me. But anyway, you know, I got uh, in touch with the vocations office like Dan, which I think every Catholic person should do when they're in that time in their life. They should really give it all a chance, give it all a go. And I visited the seminary and, um, <clears throat> you know, I also was open to uh, dating at the time, but I was really just open to whatever God wanted. And I really thought it was the priesthood. And I thought, really, whether I liked it or not, that must be it, because that's what you do if you're a good man trying to follow God and you're available, you should become a priest, right? Well, I didn't know that we, I really didn't know, and this was years of following our Lord at this point, three to four years. I really hadn't embraced that we love a God who not only just um, saves us, but loves us. He wants our hearts. He wants us to be who we really are inside. And, you know, thinking back to some of my younger years, formative years, middle school, high school, I had a struggled in that area of dating, let's say. You know, I had some self-image issues that played into that. And we carry wounds with us, right, that can affect these big decisions. So I think part of me thought, you know, I don't think I'm just going to have success in that arena. Uh, dating, marriage, I don't think that's for me. The priesthood must be for me. Let's go. Well, I was really struggling with this, though. I mean, I thought this was God, what God wanted. I remember just crying at night one night uh, over this, trying to drink this cup, right? It reminds me of the Garden at Gethsemane, this one night that I had, where I thought this was God's plan for me, and I was just really struggling with it so much that I really couldn't sleep. And the very next day, I'm at the parish, youth ministry, right, working with some volunteers, cleaning out the youth closet, and this one volunteer just really keeps prodding me, the priesthood, almost like teasing me, like, when are you going to be a priest? And 
I didn't know what else to do because I was in such angst. I texted a friend who was a seminarian at our parish at the time and told him, I'm struggling. Can we talk today? And we met in the chapel, told him everything going on. And he, he said, do you, he, he listened so gratefully. He just listened like such a good friend and future priest, future father. He is a priest now. And he said, do you ever take time to listen to God? I said, what are you talking about? Listen. And I'd spent so many hours and hours in scripture, right? I'd been on retreats. I'd been in prayer meetings. I'd prayed and prayed. I had a relationship with God, but it was to that point, very one-sided, very one-sided. And that was leading me down this path. And then he said, you need to listen, listen. And that's when my relationship with God went to a totally different level. Because I learned that we can listen to God. He can speak to us. And I read books about discernment, uh, discernment of spirits, Father Tim Gallagher. This book really helped me. You know, on, I think uh, one on discerning vocations specifically. I, my spiritual director as well at the time really helped me. And I learned to listen to the Lord's voice and realize he is he loves us and his holy spirit is in us. He'll help us be authentically who we're called to be in him. And I really felt that he was inviting me to marriage, to date, to try and long story short, I I said, "All right, God, if this is what you want, I'm buying two tickets to see Zach Brown Band and I'm going to trust you to provide the date." Sure enough, that ended up being my now wife of seven and a half years. Thanks be to God. And uh, further further on, well, it, during our, our journey too, uh, as we were engaged, I ended up um, feeling like God was calling me to business school, you know, from youth ministry to business school. But how can this be? Well, lo and behold, he provided. I mean, he provided the school, the scholarship, and I went to business school, you know, and we God was just leading me down this path. You know, he wanted me to be who I was. And I I thought, I thought too, um, I would go work in business for many years and maybe write a book later to help the church, right? I thought maybe youth ministry, that was my only, going to be my only formal time working for the church. But lo and behold, kept following him. He, he called me back into ministry just a couple of years out after business school, after some time in the business world, back to ministry, taking what I learned from business school. And uh, that's all paid dividends, that time in business school and business world and those concepts. Um, so anyway, uh, just that authentic path, you know, be yourself. Let God use you, and he wants to love you. He wants to love you and then help you. He doesn't just want you to be um, some you know miserable slave that just serves him and serves him and serves him. That's not our God. He is not up there um, on a throne condemning us or telling us what to do. He is our king, but he is our loving king. Our Father, our loving Father who sends us the Holy Spirit, the Advocate. He wants us to be authentic. So just just one more piece on this aspect of just be yourself. I think this also played into how I did ministry at first because, you know, the Navigator's experience was wonderful for me. Um, They really helped me, and they were big in one-on-one discipleship. You know, they were big on, hey, you know, as we've met with you, now you should meet with someone else. Um, 
you know, not them as the narrative. They just thought that that was the, the best way for Christian formation was one-on-one, one-on-one. And I really, I do believe there is, that is very important, the one-on-one discipleship. But I think that because I had seen that model, I wanted that so badly in my ministry when I started doing ministry. And I tried and I really had trouble making that work. And again, right, as I say, it's like, that was me trying to make that work, right? I wanted my ministry to look like what I had seen before. I should just duplicate that. And I, I would invite, I would meet, uh, you know, a guy and, and um, become friends and think, I should, I should, this, maybe this is who God wants me to disciple, right? And there were um, a couple different people I tried to quote unquote disciple and it would, it wouldn't work out, right? It would phase out. We'd meet a little bit, then it wouldn't work out any further. And, and then I, I just thought, well, what I'm, am I doing, what's going on here? And then, but then I started to realize, wait, there's other things I'm doing that are working very well. You know, and I was, what I saw is that I was really good at gathering people together for an event, for a program and building relationships and building authentic community and friendship. And then, um, helping those people uh, as we journey together see God's love and what he was doing and then inviting people into mission. I, w- I, I learned that, you know, I see God really using me a lot, inviting people into his vineyard, showing them, yes, you can do his work too. You can be involved in his, um, in his story of redemption too by inviting others right? Um, that's why the church teaches, in a way, we are on a very, in a very small way, right? We are almost co-redemptors with Christ, right? Because we invite others into that relationship with God. Christ is the Redeemer, but we can participate in that by inviting others. And I saw that's how God is using me. And the, and then I, I look back at business school and this different, um, you know, ways he's he's just made me in the way that I think about things, that's where I'm doing a lot of good for him. And I thought, you know what, I need to not try to fit what I'm doing into the box I thought I needed to be in. I need to be who I am. I need to lean into my gifts and talents. And as I've done that more and more over the years, more and more beautiful fruits have come out of that. And just the one-on-one impact continues to happen right? Those conversations, those friendships. Now, especially in my home to my children, um, I pray there's a lot of one-on-one discipleship happening with them, but I find that so much discipleship is in small groups. Something we've talked about in our podcast a lot. It's a group of three, four, five people really trying to follow God together. That's where so many incredible things happen. So anyway, you know, I've learned that lesson again, and you know, not just in my my journey, the example of others, right? You know, I talked about those people that impacted me. They were just themselves. And they were able to communicate God's love to me. It helped me fall into love with Jesus and in relationship with God. But then, um, number two, in my own journey and my vocation, just be yourself. You know, ask the questions you need to ask and um, follow God right where he's asking you to follow him. And then have that authentic relationship with him. And then third, in your ministry itself, in your efforts of sharing the good news, be yourself, lean into your talents, your gifts, 
your calling, your style, if you will. And I always think of, you know, back in the CD days, right? I used to buy lots of CDs. What I always uh, liked hearing about was these musicians and reading about who they were influenced by. Influenced by this artist, this artist, who was big in their journeys. That, I think, applies to so much in ministry. Our style, it's like, you know, influenced by this saint or this person, you know, St. Don Bosco, right? I think about my own ministry, it's like, I really draw so much from so many different people. And that 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 lets God let us be our own uh, signature, right? Our own unique way. We're inspired by all the saints and all these great people in our lives and these mentors we've had to be who we're called to be. So, as St. Catherine of Siena says, be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world on fire. You will set the world ablaze. So, friends, just be yourself and let God do the rest. God bless.